With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and blessings and welcome to another installment of the Gist of Freedom and State. This show is produced by acclaimed historian, educator, and author, Leslie Gist, and serves as our weekly live online discussion to celebrate the African-American experience by honoring all the people, past and present, black and white, who with faith and focus are preserving our rich history through literature, the arts, the skilled trades, and the humanities. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'd love you to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347-324-5552. Hello, this is Leslie Giss, and you're listening to the Gist of Freedom tonight. We have a very special guest. Her name is Dr. Naomi Booker, uh, and also known as Dr. Naomi Johnson Booker. Uh, Dr. Booker, are you on the line? Yes, I am. How are you? I'm doing great. And I just want to thank you before we start. Uh, thank you for the great hospitality you had um, given us last weekend. We had a great time eating vegan Philadelphia cheesesteak, so that was really nice. Yeah, that was great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's start off by um, having you introduce yourself to the audience. You are a premier extraordinary Educator, tell us about your school. Um, well, I'm a, a CEO of a uh, charter school in Philadelphia, Global Leadership Academy Charter School. Uh, the school is a school that uh, prepares future leaders of the world by um, helping children understand the cultures and the countries of the world. Um, I am an educator. I have been... Um, with the school district of Philadelphia for 30 years, and then I came out a few years ago to see what else was going on uh, for in education for uh, young people. Um, and so our school has uh, started in 2000, founded, I founded it in 2007, and we are a very successful model. My children travel around the world, um, and um, these are urban children. Um, who have a um, low-income background, <laughs> but we're trying to change the trajectory of their lives. Wonderful. Now, your family legacy um, is connected to education. Could you talk a little bit about that? Um, well, my mother uh, manages and founded the uh, Belmont Mansion, which is a uh, historical park in the... Um, um, city of Philadelphia. Um, it is part of the Underground Railroad um, um, track that Harriet Tubman had founded many, many years ago. So they found that this uh, particular location happened to be part of the Underground Railroad. 
Uh, my family is from Charleston, South Carolina, and we have a lot of southern roots there um, and a, with a lot of historical perspective in terms of my family and their relationship uh, with part of the slave trade and, and slavery um, and being a part of uh, when they were freed. And this is a lot of stuff that goes back to my family history, and it is a part of who we are. Because for me, I don't believe you can know where you're going if you don't know where you have come from. Wonderful. And your grandmother, I was told, was also an educator. Yes, my grandmother was an ex- educator, and uh, she, uh, when she came up from Charleston, um, she had a um, a uh, normal back, uh, degree, if you will, and then she went to Cheney and got the other two years she needed, and then she started teaching in in the school district. Uh, for me, I really never wanted to um, teach, but when I came out of college, um, I saw my grandmother, and she really encouraged me to try and do that until I could figure out what it was I wanted to do. And, um, of course, that's all history. Right. And Cheney is historical. Um, I I patterned you after uh, Fanny Copen Jackson. Uh, are you familiar with her? Yes. Mm-hmm. Could you tell the audience a little bit about her and why I see parallels between the two of you? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure why you feel that she parallels between me and her. Why, um, <laughs> you have to tell me why you think that she parallels. I, I, you know, she, I know who I am. Right, right. She also yeah. was an educator, and she helped um, bring the Institute of Colored Youth this, uh, right. into the position of um, where it is now, which is Cheney University. Right. And And I think that what you're doing, your modern day, uh, Fanny Copeland Jackson, with okay. what you're doing at GLA, at Global Leadership Academy, right? Right, and okay. I, I, you know, there is a, there is a, a connection. I mean, there's no school in the city like ours. Um, I went to Spelman College uh, as mm-hmm. well uh, during the '60s, during the times when you know I really learned a lot about who I was who my people were, um, and coming back to Philadelphia and teaching in a system that, um, and teaching mostly in a system where most of my students were African American, I thought it very, very important for me to help them to understand their history. Um, And what has happened over the years is that we don't have anybody to really teach our history. Um, And so the program that we developed uh, at GLA uh, starts in kindergarten, and um, it starts with uh, young people learning about their where they live and making connections to other countries around the world. Um, and as they travel through the grades, K to two, they um, study Philadelphia, and then they travel throughout the city of Philadelphia, uh, visiting the uh, national museums, but also learning about different cultures. Um, the third and fourth grade, they study uh, Pennsylvania. They study the Amish culture. They study uh, Africa. They study all, all. By the time the children leave in eighth grade, they have studied a minimum of 35 countries um, and languages throughout their experience. Of course, from kindergarten, it's uh, on a, a, a smaller scale than it is by the time they reach eighth grade. By the time they're in um, uh, fifth grade, they 
They go overnight to Washington, D.C. Um, they see uh, the National Monument. They, bought, they also see um, Martin Luther King Monument. They went to the Black History Museum there. Um, but, and they also make connections. They start making connections about who they are and what they're about. The sixth graders, um, they study civil rights, um, and they study other countries that are fighting for their civil rights. And then we take them on a journey after studying the civil rights in America. They take, we take them on a journey for five days to Atlanta and Morehouse and, uh, I'm sorry, Atlanta, Memphis, and um, Birmingham, um, and uh, they begin to see some of their roots. Uh, they actually sit in the seat where um, Coretta Scott King sat as she sat with her husband's funeral. Um, it's a very moving experience for these young people that are in sixth grade. The seventh graders, they study uh, people who are seeking freedom, trying to get out of bondage all around the world, what's going on now, what may have happened, you know, uh, years ago, the Holocaust, the Chinese slavery. They study a lot of people about people trying to get out of bondage. And then they study a lot about Harriet Tubman, and then we take them on a five-day tour through Canada, and they follow the route that Harriet Tubman followed. Um, they find out and learn how Canada actually freed slaves long before America even thought about it. Um, and that was why the Underground Railroad went to Canada. And a lot of people don't know that, that the reason that people went, it went to Canada was because that was where, you know, we were free. Um, and then the eighth graders, they study uh, the slave trade and the triangular slave trade. And so they are studying the African diaspora, and then they also study in relation to other countries um, who are still in, in serious political um, positions right now. And then we travel to the Bahamas. Um, and we go to the Bahamas um, by train um, and then by uh, cruise ship because the Bahamas have the most, um, the most historical presence of the slave trade close to us. Our, our plan is to, to move towards um, Africa, um, and we have um, uh, adopted a school in Ogata, an orphanage in Kenya. Uh, we support two children who live in Africa at an um, uh, orphanage. And so all of these things that we do, try to bring a conscious level to these children before they turn 14, 15 years old. Wow. You have a root. Well, you seem like your family is rooted in HBCUs. And yeah. And it seems like, you know, because you're rooted in HBCUs, all of this is coming out in your curriculum and in your school. Tell us how important it is to really preserve these HBCUs and what's going on in the country now with them? Well, here's, here's the thing that's really important, too. Um, if you look at the research, you'll see that the HBCUs have a higher percentage of African Americans completing college than in um, other institutions. 
Um, because at an HBCU, when you enter those doors, there's a connection, there's a support group, and you just feel that you have you need to finish. You you finish in four years or five years, but you will find that it's a higher percentage of young people who do finish. And it has always been like that because in the beginning that was the schools that we could go to if we go back to Mary McLeod Bethune and all that. Those were the schools that we were able to go to. Um, and so we do have a larger percentage of, of numbers of people graduating. Now, I know we can go and get huge scholarships to Harvard and University of Pennsylvania and all that. But if you count the percentage of, yes, they might get a great scholarship to start, but do they finish? And when you look at that, there's there's a, a support network that's needed for our African-American children. Um, the other piece that's real important is that you've got to grow within yourself so that you can understand how to function in this world. Um, my own children went to mostly Caucasian schools. And I felt that they needed to go to an HBCU so they could get the balance of who they are. And so, you know, as they are now adults and they're living in a world, the world is not all white, the world is not all black, the world is not all, all Puerto Rican, Latino, you have to learn how to blend and be a part of this world. And so I believe that the HBC, HBCUs give us that balance particularly for children who have gone, whose parents have put them in Caucasian uh, schools growing up, and then when they get to to college, they get the balance for themselves. Wonderful. Now, you have um, some serious accomplishments within your family with your daughters. Could you share that with us? Well, my oldest daughter is a, a breast cancer oncology surgeon. Um, so she is uh, in the Atlanta area, um, and she um, graduated from Spelman College. She got a master's degree from, in uh, medical science from Hahnemann, and then she got um, her medical degree from Boston University School of Medicine and then did her residency at Morehouse College School of Medicine. Mm. And when wow. she finished there, she was chief resident. Um, in the surgical department, and then did a year at Emory in her specialty, which is um, breast cancer surgery. And that's where she's now. She's at the Atlanta Breast Care uh, um, Organization in Atlanta. My middle daughter is um, a graduate from Spelman College in uh, English and Drama, um, and then she was in New York for a while um, in theater and worked in many, um, many shows, uh, off and on, Broadway, tours, et cetera. Uh, she did some work here in Philadelphia at the Walnut Street Theater. And then she decided to go to California. She went to California, and she was on Big Brother uh, two, year, two summers ago, and uh, three summers ago. And now she is um, a script developer for NBC um, out in California. Um, and... My youngest daughter is a, um, a graphic designer. She graduated from Stomach College as well, <laughs> and she's a graphic designer at um, Oshkosh and Carter's in Atlanta. Um, all, all of my children work in 
situations where they are generally the only black um, and or maybe one or two others. And so what I've given to them, and I hope that we as, as the people do, uh, give our children the ability to work in all worlds. Um, and if we don't do that, and that's what I try, I'm trying to do at GLA, to help our young people be able to understand that they have to learn how to code switch and how to work in all worlds because that is what will give them success. Wow. I mean, you're really a poster family for HBCUs and why we need to preserve them. I mean, um, I've never heard a story which was so deeply rooted into HBCUs as I'm listening to you right now. Um, I mean, it's awesome. But I'll move on. And then another thing, can I tell you one other thing about HBCUs too, and that is that after you graduate, you have family and connections for life. And I've watched it with all of my children. I've watched it with my own self. I mean, you know, we go back to reunions. We make connections. My roommate, I've been out of school 40 years. My roommate and I, she lives in California. We talk as if we were, you know, connected yesterday. Um, And this happens all the time with HBCUs. There's a connection that continues to go. You know, we have graduate, um, we have chapters of Selman and Morehouse and um, schools right here, um, alumni groups right here in in Philadelphia and all over the country. And when my daughter went to California, she went out there without me, without anybody, and her first connections was the Selman Morehouse alumni group. And after that, it just blossomed. So, I mean, those are things that are are life-changing, but it's also something that is with you forever. Um, And you don't get that in these other schools. You really don't. Not African-Americans. Now, Cheney, they got a Cheney group here, the Cheney alumni. They have awesome events and activities all year long. Um, uh, uh, All the alumni groups, they give scholarships two young people going back to their colleges. Um, we have the Spelman alumni. You know, um, we have a uh, July the 25th, we have a picnic for all new Spelman students going to the school. You know, um, and these are people that have been out of the school 10, 20, 30 years, you know, 40 mm-hmm. years, 50 years together and, and, and setting up the stage for these young people who are 18 years old. This is something mm-hmm. that is, is a part of who we are as a people. Wow, that is that is that is incredible. That's, you know, we don't hear about these stories. It's a shame we only hear about the housewives and all these other reality shows. But I wish I, know. Could, I wish we can get a reality show based on the organizations you're talking about, because that's really right. who we are and that's who we've been. And um, you know, I'm very fortunate to know people like yourself and and met people like you and your mother to you know to have someone inspire me and to keep me doing what I'm, you know, keep me focused on why I'm doing what I'm doing right now. But uh, so I just want to thank you and your family. And let's talk about the logistics of your school. Now, everything that you Uh just talked about, we know that it had to be a struggle. I know it is with your mom at the the Belmont Mansion. She's the first African-American woman to run a, a museum and historical site. Right. I know you must have had some challenges yourself building your school and can you just can you just describe the logistics of your school what it looks like well um first of all um this was a uh failing 
uh, charter school that I transformed and, and, and restructured. Um, and the sad part is that in the city of Philadelphia, education is not a priority. Uh, it is on the back burner of the politicians and the, and the world we live in, and charter schools are under attack. Um, so we continue every day fighting this message that's put out about us. Um, and we don't get enough money for to do. I have to do more with less. Um, our money is supposed comes from the state, um, and um, our children come for under a lottery. Um, there is no selection of children, you know, coming to uh, the school. Um, but but that's the that's the news that gets put out that we select all the good kids and that. You know, oh, you know, charter schools use money in funny ways. You know, um, it, it, it's it's really a bad reputation that we have got. So for me, I just try. We try to make sure that we are following all the rules and laws and regulations that we need to follow, and that also we are making a good product. Excuse me, a good product for people. This year, fourteen hundred people applied to my school. Um, and I only have 81 seats, and 70 of those seats were kindergarten. And so I had 11 seats from first grade to eighth grade. That tells you a couple of things. Number one, parents want a charter school. The Philadelphia School District has failed the children in this city. And this is a predominantly black situation I'm talking about because it's mostly African Americans that are um, in uh, the city, going to school in the city of Philadelphia. Um, and so you failed the schools. You, you, I can't really tell you, you know, which, you could, a neighborhood school that's a good school. Now, the school district of Philadelphia, they do um, cream off the, the children, and they go to the girls' highs and the centrals and all their magnet schools. But, but people don't see that. They want to turn around and blame the charter schools and say, oh, you're taking the better kids. You're taking the money from the district. It's not so. It really is not so. It's that you have a school district that has not managed its organization over the last 20 years. And by that I mean that when I left the district, we serviced like 220,000 children. Today, the school district is serving about 120,000 children. Where did all those children go? All right. They went to people moved out of the city. They went to private schools, or they went to charter schools because parents want what's best for their children, and they don't have time to wait around for you to try to get something right. Their children are growing up, so they make decisions. Now, because of that happening, and because you lost a hundred thousand children in the last twenty, you know, ten years. Well, did you change anything in your organization? No, you didn't. You had the same number of teachers. You didn't close any of the buildings. You had empty half buildings, uh, half full, and you didn't change anything. And then last year, you get this superintendent who comes in, and they close 30, 30 schools. And you think you did something. You didn't do anything better for the schools that you left open. So it's a very sad, sad situation, very sad situation. So we've kind of muddled through this and try to do the best we can. Um, but I can tell you that families and parents and word of mouth tells people that Global Leadership Academy is a top-notch school, and I want my children to be there. 
I'm going to send you a, a you know a clipping um, that we just did our rites of passage program um, last uh, Friday night um, because in eighth grade we don't believe children graduate; they move on to the next journey of their life. They graduate from high school at 12th grade and they graduate from college, or you know, but they do not graduate from eighth grade. But they do go through a, uh, the seventh grade. They go through this rites of passage program that we have developed where they learn how to become young women and young men. All right. I, I love to see that. And I see you're all over YouTube. There's several interviews of you, um, you know, talking about GLA. And, um, I, I, you know, what you're doing, what you've done in your family, your personal life, you know, is a testament of who you are. And I, I can't see why anybody wouldn't trust your child in, in your school. So, you know, I just want to give you kudos for that. Is there anything you want to say before we close this interview, how to contact you, or do you want to give anyone, um, uh, you want to thank anyone that's been your longtime supporter, politicians, churches, organizations, you know, who's been on your side? Well, you know, I have a an, an awesome staff. Um, and uh, while, you know, it's been my dream, you can't do it by yourself. And um, my 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 principal Tamika Evans, um, my assistants Miss um, Tyler and Mr. Choice, and my leaders, they have been absolutely incredible in creating an awesome institution for for young people. Uh, my mom has been a beacon of light for me. Um, I'm you know more like her than you know as the years cross progress. Um, but watching her grow up, I mean, my mom uh, didn't go back to college until after I had finished college. But mm-hmm. And she went herself and then ended up getting her master's after, which she was that kind of person, very very much a, a kind of person that was a driving force in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, my grandmother, who, you know, God rest her soul, also was a beacon of light to me. Um, I, you know... I've had people who have been mentors and coaches for me and have helped me to get where I am today, and I certainly um, applaud them. I, 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 My family, my parents, it's just, you know, I'm who I am. You know, five years ago I had an aneurysm, and my God decided that it was not time for me to pass and that he brought me back and sent me back because he had more work to do for me. So with everything and all that I do, that is my God who is my maker and who keeps me doing the work that I do. I'm going to continue to do it. I am, we are in the process of uh, resubmitting an application for another school. We submitted it in February, but we got caught up in the political mess, and so they didn't approve any of the independent charter schools. Um, They approved a couple of people who, you know, they're, um, what do I want to say, in the know, I guess. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But they did not they did not approve um, our school. So we're resubmitting it. We've been advised to resubmit it again. And mm-hmm. if so, we will be able to provide another institution for 1,000, 1,200 children from K to 12. I would like my legacy to leave, you know, this footprint um, on on West Philadelphia and the Philadelphia area 
trying to change the trajectory of, of um, the life of, of children, and it has happened. My children are now in college. They are, um, they are going to first be first-generation members of their families. These are poor children from urban situations who are going to college in droves, um, and it is awesome. It is awesome. Um, I'm taking a young woman to college. Um, she's going to Spelman College, my alma mater, and she's going there in August. And we're going to drive her down and get her set up because you know what? Her mom can't do that. Her mom cannot do it. Her mom is on welfare. But we're going to get her there. My daughters and I are going to support her, and she's going to finish Spelman College in four years. Wow. Now, you don't hear too many principals and superintendents doing that. And I think, you know, what you talked about at the beginning of the interview, about having this support mechanism in place at these HBCUs are important, and that's what you're bringing to your school. So I want to, again, thank you for what you're doing, and I hope to have you back on to talk about your second school when it's open. And um, that's all I have to say again. Thank you. Can I give you my my website out there so people can go on the website? Yes. Um, uh, it's org. My name is Dr. Naomi Johnson Booker. My school, Global Leadership Academy, is at 4601 Gerard Avenue in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. You are more than welcome to join us, see us, come visit us, go out on YouTube and see us. Um, and if you put my name out there, you'll get a lot about me. But you'll also, if you put Global Leadership Academy, we do have a Facebook um, account and um you can see the wonderful work we're doing with these young people. Um, and for everybody listening, please give back and help our young people make their mark on the world. That is what we're trying to do. Thank you. Well said. And have a good night, Dr. Booker. Thank you so much. You take good care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.